Okay. We ran. I cut down last week's episode, but if we can keep it to like 24, that's good. 24 mins? Yeah. Jesus. I got good feedback on the cold open, cold close. Okay. like that. And a three, and a two, and a one. Hello, and welcome to All I Do Is Fail. Not as hard as if you were living in Manchester right now, because you are on hard lockdown up there for some reason, but not in the UK, because that's fine. Not in the UK, sorry, not in London, because that's totally fine. Um, Even though you are allowed to leave Manchester and Leicester to go to other places, it doesn't really make sense. But the big sort of confusion party continues. Come on, Bojo, you've got this under control, I'm sure. Hello, Ali Woods. Hello. I, I, hello, listeners. I don't know why you're pretending, Tom, that there's any strategy other than <laughs> they have a big map of the UK on one wall. And then Matt Hancock puts his hands over his eyes and throws a dart somewhere. <laughs> and then they're like, that's locked down this week. <laughs> so, but the conspiracy, have you heard the conspiracy about Manchester? Oh, no, but I think I know someone who has. Tom Elwes, yeah, take it away. Yeah, uh, I'll talk about aliens later. But uh, I, um, so the conspiracy was that they shut down Manchester because of its large um, Muslim population. And because of Eid, they, they wanted to restrict the interaction of people in, uh, interacting with each other. Um, and that's why they shut down Greater Manchester. That's that's the conspiracy. What about Birmingham though? I thought Birmingham's got the biggest Muslim population, isn't it? I don't know. I think London's probably that? pretty big as well, but you know, I don't know. London's is big. I live in Whitechapel, so it's like Eid Mubarak Central. Um, yeah. Still, I wasn't invited to anyone's Eid celebrations. <laughs> Been fancy. <laughs> you know, I tried. I tried just to attend some on a whim. You know. Yeah. Eid hot. <laughs> so up, guys. Yeah. Coming in with a full pack of Stella, and they're like, yeah. "It's not that vibe, mate." I'm yeah. like, "I don't really understand this religion." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you got to try and make friends. Yeah, but that that was the that was the conspiracy that was was going around. I don't know if it's true or not, but um, yeah, I, uh, I uh, nature of conspiracy theories. Yeah, that's all of the end. It's conspiracy theories. Never know so, if it's true. Let me tell you about my first gig back on Friday. So, uh, shout out Voxel Comedy Club. Shout out producer Mooch, who's putting it on. Who uh, sadly is no longer with us. Um, he's still alive. He's just. <laughs> on the podcast um but it's but it's close um but uh good fun yeah tough crowd because it's outdoors oh yeah i imagine i imagine spread out how spread are we talking we're so there's tables they're quite big tables of four mm-hmm. and like they're benches so not everyone's facing the same way so people are like craning the next turning around People at the back are sort of just starting to just talk amongst themselves. So it's like I don't not think they can hear that well at the back. Okay, so like you, you know, not that you ever do smash it, but like it would be very hard to smash in such an environment. It is very hard to smash. So honest opinion, I'm not going to name any names. MC struggled. First act did well, but I've seen her do a lot better. But she dipped and got back. But mm-hmm. you know. Uh, second act, aka Ali Woods, struggled. After the break, first act struggled. Last act, smashed it. And ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like and, to know all the names of all those acts, Ali did mention them on the previous podcast, so that'd be good. So they're all 
They're all there, but you don't know which order. Yeah, so that's fun. Yeah, there is only one woman, so that is that one yeah, done. Yeah. Um, but uh, then afterwards, me, the MC, the final act, sitting, chilling, chatting about what you know what life is like now. Circuit is mm. final act. We're all like brilliant, mate. So well done. You like smashed the gig there. Such a tough gig, and you smashed it. <laughs> He's like, thanks, thanks, guys. A minute later, he is deep into conspiracy theories. <laughs> oh, good, good. Get him on. Get him on. We need him on this podcast. So, so we're we're like, what's going to happen with COVID, man? And I'm saying, you know, I think we're going to go into second lockdown until there's like a like a vaccine or a cure. And then he's immediately like, but there is a cure. And then I, <laughs> I go, what? <laughs> um, and he says. He's done a lot of research, to be fair. Hydroxychloroquine. Chloroquine, yeah. Chloroquine. Trump. Trump. Big fan. Says big... Says big it fan. Cures it. Says, says it cures it. Says Belgium and France and Switzerland were using it until they were made... And it was working, but they were made to stop. Um, and it and it, and doctors have come out and said that it works. And then... I was like, well, who's stopping them? And he says, can you, can you guess? It's quite an obvious one. What, who's stopping them? The, who's, the who? stopping, who's stopping the cure? World Health Organization, the, the Illuminati. Uh, no, it's not quite. Not the quite. the left-wing media. The left-wing oh, media. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Left-wing media stopping this. Why? Two reasons. Good, good. This is another good. question I had. <laughs> Why would they want to stop... Uh, reason number one, because Trump said you can inject bleach, then they can't have that be the actual cure because it would make him look good. Okay, so letting millions die to make Trump look a fool. Interesting, interesting. Exactly, which he's like, he's like, but it's just a theory. Yeah, yeah, good, good. <laughs> I love it when they go, this is why it is. Is it? Well, maybe. <laughs> reason number two is because Bill Gates... Ah, oh, I don't, I'm lost. Want, I, yeah, Bill Gates doesn't want a cure; he wants a vaccine so that he can have endless money because you keep needing the vaccine to replenish every year or whatever, however long it would be. Whereas mm. if he had a cure, then that would just be a one-time purchase. So they're the two reasons, the two definite reasons, but they're just theories. Okay, I'll pick some holes. I'll pick some holes. Um, first of all, Bill Gates. I don't like when people use Bill Gates as a conspiracy theory because the man doesn't need any more money. Why? Why would he need more money? The man the man is like the second or third richest person in the world. Like he doesn't give a shit. He's not after more money. That's not what Bill Gates wants. So all this conspiracy bullshit about, you know, drug company. If anything, he's better than Big Pharma because Big Pharma might want the money because they need it for their company. Bill Gates needs no money. Bill Gates gives away billions of pounds. Like it's just ridiculous. Yeah. It's just a theory. It's just a theory. Why are you getting so worked up over it? Yeah. There's a lot there were bits in there were bits in the and like I will give credit. I like the person, I like the comedian. The, the, he there was points where he was like, there are YouTube videos on this. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So so just watch because the research is out there. Yeah, it was very much it was very much that sort of conversation. Oh, and this that's then spread on to further conversation about how he said 
Twitter and YouTube were both run by the left, and so anything that supported Trump or whatever would get taken down. Okay, so, so I, that's partly why I, I, inflation I, I, spread. We cannot deny that the left, a leftist organization, does run Twitter and, and YouTube. Both Google and Twitter are leftist organizations and have sways to that. Uh, I will, I won't fight him on that. That that's true. However, I don't think that they would go as far to to let thousands die, if not millions, just to make Donald Trump look like an idiot. Like you know. But they are maybe. Maybe, yeah. I just, I can't. It's just a theory, Tom. I know it's, it's a theory. I know it's just a theory, but I, it's a theory. But this I is happening. This is happening. Yeah. So he then said forty percent of everything Alex Jones says is true. Forty percent. Alex Jones yeah. has got like two, two possibly three things right ever. You know, that's <laughs> that's it. Like that, that man is an idiot. He just spouts shit. I'm, I'm not saying. So, so it, 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 just to this, round up, I don't want to slay off. Yeah. But this was just a, f a fantastic night. It's everything I could have asked for yeah. in terms of a gig back. So really excited. As soon as I saw what the room would be like, very nervous. Uh, then the gig itself. To be fair, I actually, I was surprised. Have you had a gig back? You said you've got a gig coming up though, tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. Tomorrow, okay. Well, see how you feel. I was surprised. I felt really comfortable on stage. I was thinking I was going to have to like relearn everything. I was going to be really awkward doing all really basic errors. Felt super comfortable being back on stage. Uh, felt really myself, maybe more than before. You just needed laughter. That was it. I just, <laughs> I just needed anyone else to have a good time. Yeah, it, was yeah. um, <laughs> it was actually, it was one of those where I was like, I had good points and, and just like points where I was like, oh, I'm going to say no one's listening. But you know, it, you know, you don't, you definitely have not smashed it when you're in that middle ground where, which is but it's probably the worst part to be is when people are coming up to you after the gig Ma, I thought you did well there. I, yeah. I actually really like that one. I really right. like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Don't don't worry. Yeah, it's tough to hear back there, but I thought you was all right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say I was bad, mate. Yeah. Like next time, next. Honestly, you'll do great. Honestly, like, mate, different. Yeah, different crowds. <laughs> yeah. Bit of a funny crowd, weren't it? Bit of a funny. Bit yeah, that's it. That's it. Like, thanks. Good. Cheers. Yeah. yeah. So that was it. But then to have that, then to watch. Also, I loved all the comedians on there. So to watch all of them was great. Then to have that that feeling backstage again, you know the feeling when everyone's until the last acts went on and did really well, everyone's like, fucking hell. That was what we oh, and was everyone's it, not not wanting to go on. Was that first <laughs> act he went out a bit lamb to the slaughter kind of thing? No, I think I think what it was, the worst, the toughest part. Look, it was a good night. And to be honest, to be fair, like the crowd had a good time, but it was more just like a bit of a, you know, like playing music in the corner of a bar, like how people would treat that. Some people tune in, some people get really into it. Some people request songs, they get so, other people, they just chat and the music's on. <laughs> Not interested, yeah. Um, so good when you're so, battling music, that's always, you yeah, know. That was, um, right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, uh, about two weeks ago now, Ali shared, uh, the lockdown diaries of a depressed incel. Uh, and now we are. How did you know my Edinburgh show title? Yeah. I, <laughs> I deserve a woman. Everyone gets one. 
Ali Woods. That was it. That was going to be the name of your end for a show. I like that. A woman. I yeah. deserve, I deserve a, a female like a, woman. Not like a relationship. I deserve no, one just, a woman. Just, just woman, full stop. Yeah, great. Um, so Ali, Ali shared some of his period of, of mental health. And I think um, as someone who has also struggled uh, with mental health, I, I'll briefly talk about my uh, situation. So uh, I've, I've struggled with pretty extreme anxiety uh, my entire life um, to a point where it actually gets quite, quite difficult and crippling. And it sort of came on when I was a teenager, uh, it was about sort of, oh, I don't know, about 17 years old. Um, is when I first uh, went to seek a bit of help for it because I used to just get such extreme uh, anxiety about about quite trivial things that would never actually happen to me. What's the, what's the earliest instance you remember of that? I think I was always an anxious child. Like growing up, I was always I was always like quite anxious and quite worried and fearful for a lot of things. You know, I was always worrying, like, but it's always quite extreme stuff. I always catastrophize quite a lot. So it'd always be like, oh God, something terrible is going to happen to my family or, you know, something like that. Um, and, and uh, you know, worrying about things, about things that, that children shouldn't really have to worry about. Um, but, but it's sort of, you know, you, you grow out of it to some extent, but it, it sticks with you. Um, and uh, and it's got to, yeah, it's, it's got to the point where it's been quite debilitating and, and, and crippling at times. And I think that's where anxiety and depression sort of mold into one because, if your anxiety gets so bad, eventually it does make you depressed because you don't want to do things. Yeah, and that and that's what you know. What would it? So how would it feel? So what? Could you give me an instance? Ima- of like what, imagine, what would be? Like, what would like a trigger be? And then how would that? How would that make you feel? How it, imagine like it was? It's just a constant feeling of that something's wrong and it's not all okay. You know when you you just relax and say you like sit in front of the TV and just relax. Yeah. And you just be like, oh, it would, I couldn't do that. So I would sit down and there would, I would be like, oh, everything, I should be able to relax. And then in, in the back of my head, the anxiety would be there going off. And so I, it wouldn't, there was never a state where I could just be completely calm. And that, and that was the most stressful part of it because you constantly think that something's wrong with you and, and that you, you know, that you'll never be relaxed and you'll, you'll always be feeling anxious forever and that spirals so like anxiety can spiral quite hard and they call it catastrophizing so sort of imagine like a, a whirlpool beginning to spin and it gets more and more and more aggressive until you're you know you're having like a full-blown kind of panic attack kind of thing so there's not like a particular trigger it's not like you're responding to something immediately in front of you it's just that like I mean, sometimes, it's just sometimes, the build up. sometimes it can be in front of you so it could be like relationship troubles or you know before i when i first started stand-up you know, it really took me a long time to to beat the fear out of me. I, for a long time, I thought I was going to vomit before gigs. I know everyone gets oh. that sort of level, but you just you just catastrophize. That's that's the best way of putting it. You catastrophize. When you suffer with anxiety, you catastrophize. So you start thinking about all the possibilities of something going wrong. So if we if we use apply that to stage, I would be like, oh god, that's that's all the things that could possibly go wrong are going to go wrong. I'm going to go up there. I'm not going to be able to speak. I'm going to throw up and I'm going to pass out. And like I would, you know, this would spin around your mind constantly, constantly, constantly until you get to the point where you are literally having to like have a panic attack. And that's how they start. It's just things that aren't going to happen, making you believe that happen, and then you have a physical reaction to it. Wow. So at seventeen, you. 17 is when I sort of really really sort of struggled with this I I I I honestly like and I know lots of people 
smoke weed and are completely fine with it. Yeah, so definitely me. I'm I'm probably like yeah. I probably smoke the most actually. Yeah, loads of, just loads like, of that dank Kush for Hollywood. Yeah. Woods. Love it. Uh, love a blunt, especially can't, James. Can't can't, <laughs> can't, can't, can't handle yeah. that sweet Mary Jane. But, oh. uh, yeah. Party time. But I, I honestly, yeah, I, I smoked the it. green stuff. Yeah, I, I smoked it as a teenager, and there is just a, a certain percentage of people in this country, well, in the world, not this country, in the world, who are susceptible to it being quite triggering and, and making anxiety and mental health issues worse. Nineteen whatever percent will be absolutely fine, and there's there's you know proven lots of benefits to weed, but some people aren't, and you don't know until you've done it. So mm. I, as a teenager, I feel like I always was an anxious person and it was underlying. It's not like it gave me a, the anxiety. But certainly when I was like 17, there was a point where I think I was, I was just smoking too much and it, and it triggered something in my head um, and it really made the anxiety worse. And it's a shame because obviously, you know, I haven't smoked weed or really done drugs since then because I can't. But so I guess, you know, you missed I'm missing out on some experiences. But um, I know it doesn't sit well with me. Yeah, I don't know if, if if that makes any sense. Did you tell you. your friends when it was happening? Did they know, or did you keep it a secret? Um, not really, not really. As a seventeen-year-old, it's quite hard to go to your mates and be like, uh, "Lads, uh, I've smoked too much weed, and, and now I'm freaking out." Because I'll just be like, "Oh, shut up, mate! Like, I'll get on yeah. there." Was it yeah. like back, back, back? Was you got to think like back, back when we were at school or whatever. It was still so much more stigma around mental health than there was now. You know, now I think I, I like to believe anyway that that sixteen, seventeen year olds could talk to their mates about it, possibly, and, and you know, and, and be like, "Look, I'm I'm struggling." But back then, you know, we were raised on the in betweeners and, and Little Britain, and and you know, it just it never was, mind the buzzcocks. Yeah, just like slamming your Which, friend for any weakness. Yeah. yeah, weekly I would laugh hysterically mm. at the round where they would just line up. Yeah, four strangers. And one washed up pop star. Yeah. And just brutalized tear them. into them. And yeah. just take the absolute piss. Yeah. And I thought it was the funniest stuff on TV. Best thing ever made. Best thing ever made. It was like, yeah, laugh at Amy Winehouse and her serious addiction issues. Like, yeah, exactly. yeah. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that wouldn't have been it. But then you told your parents, then you went to the doctor, did you? Yeah, went to the doctor and, and seek sought help. Um, Sork seeked help for it. I believe it's pronounced seeked. Seeked, seeked help for it. Uh, received some sort of ca- counselling and a bit of training and how to manage anxiety. Um, CBT. Yep, yep. Uh, manage it and cognitive um, behavioural therapy. Yeah. Who who doesn't know? Um, and also uh, was prescribed the the housewife's drug of choice, the old Valium. Um, for when oh. it was quite extreme. Oh, here's another here's another real triggering thing for me. So flying, for instance, okay. Mm. I cannot. I'm okay if I sh- if it's a short haul flight, right? If it's short and I know whatever. But for instance, if it's long haul, I am having a that, and I have to still have to take a lot of Valium to get on a plane, basically. Wow. Yeah. You're like a sort of aged, um, like a sort of lady in her 80s who yeah. wears like a mink coat and can't uh doesn't want to see anyone else on the plane yeah so what's the worst thing it's or what's the thing that stopped you from doing the most that you wanted to do or what have you 
what have I struggled with? Like socially, yeah. I, I remember socially for a while, like socially it could be quite... Yeah, that's not like anxiety, you're just a fucking bad no, yeah. company. <laughs> I admit, mate, no, welcome, welcome, welcome. That's why you're here with me. Do you think you'd be here with me <laughs> if you actually could like hang out and in, like people enjoyed your chat? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's uh, what what is it you like, what, like you won't go to parties or you'll like go to a party yeah, and or, or just out. like not not enjoyed it and, and left just just various instances throughout my life where when when my anxiety has been really bad it, you know it does it does stop and it, it can swing into that sort of low I don't know if I've ever had depression depression but I I don't know I've never been diagnosed with that but certainly when it's hindering you and you're not wanting to do things it, it starts mm. to feel that way um but yeah I, it's just, and then what's it like now is it still is it better yeah i just uh, you have to cope with it every you know people who who suffer with anxiety well, you, it's it's every day you, you know it, it can it, and there are various things as well that will trigger it and make it worse for instance like stuff like coronavirus and uh, the world being locked down not good you know not not good for anyone who suffers with anxiety that's that's pretty 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 triggering you're constantly worrying god what's gonna happen to me my family all these things, but these, obviously these are, these are fears that everyone has, but it's, it's, um, it, it, but you just have them to a much higher level. You just yeah. like, they affect you very more. They're much more debilitating. Yeah. And, and now with my family, I, um, my family, sorry, with my anxiety, it's, it's, um, Freudian slip there. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's, it's, anxiety. yeah, it's, it's a, it's a daily battle. It's a, it's a daily battle and you have to be prepared and aware of the triggers and, and when it's starting to amp up and, you know, when you have these sort of anxious thoughts uh, and, and you can feel them coming, it's like, you know, when, when you, when you have these sort of like intrusive, really anxious thoughts, you feel them coming. And, and the thing that you should do, like everyone, when you have, have an anxious or thought about something terrible happening to you or someone that, you know, you should, bring it on let it happen and and move on kind of thing what happens is you start thinking like oh my god why am i thinking about that like oh and then you you obsess over that and then it gets worse and you know it becomes very stressful so you, you just now i'm aware of of how to manage it and, and and when the triggers flare up or something i'm in a stressful situation or or whatever whatever the trigger for the anxiety is i i've sort of got tools that i've learned over time to help me manage it kind of thing right that's good no. Has it ever like got in the way with like relationships, or have you found that's generally all right? You don't really have. When I was younger, when I was when I was last hour at Tiger Tiger, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just went to McDonald's in Leicester Square. Uh, yeah. Mate, yeah, that's not even a bad shout. That is genuinely <laughs> where you hook up. Not even like or another one, McDonald's at Brixton. Bro, it's like the, it's like the after party. Yeah. It's the club. Ladies and gentlemen, if you would like to pick up Ali Woods, you can find him in a if McDonald's you if you're nuggets, choosing. If you've got spare nuggets, bro, you are hot property at those places. Are you serious? Going around the 20 box. <laughs> Going around the 20 box. Yeah. Has has it ever got in the way of relationship? Well, I like this. Is, it feels almost embarrassing to say, but when I was younger, there was a period of time in my late teens, early 20s where I was I was not the cool, sophisticated cat you see sitting before you, but I was a, a sort of awkward, nervous wreck with a similar haircut, and I um and I used oh, to get yeah. super, super nervous before dates, like just so unbelievably nervous. I don't know why that I was gonna. Hey, you've got every right to be. I mean, you're not yeah, a good. I'm a, exactly, I'm a mess. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I should be. Yeah. 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 
So, but what's, but what, I'm just interested, but what is that nervousness? What does that result in you sort of just like just shaking? They won't know, you? but it's, it's like, it's like they won't know, but on the inside, I'm dying. Like, it's like, uh, that's, uh, you know, it's like that you're, you're freaking out on the inside. But again, again, these are all things that you, you learn how to cope with it. You, you learn how to not show that you're, you're freaking out on the on the inside but uh, but be com- appear to be completely calm on the outside and much like much like with stand up uh, over time you learn how to you know g- do things like go on dates and it becomes less and less nerve-wracking the more you do it but like go on. Mate, we get it you go on dates like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I thought this was about your anxiety. <laughs> God. <laughs> but yeah, really. Yeah, and then you actually become like really good at it, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> like stand up, yeah, like yeah. dating, yeah, like okay. shagging, like all that stuff I was nervous no, about. I'm still now, terrible like, at shagging. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, it's a, yeah. Missionary accomplished. <laughs> yeah, if that. Um, no, I just... <laughs> why change positions? Pick one and perfect it. They just normally I shake my hand it. and I say thank you. Um, <laughs> and that's it. Jizz <laughs> in your trousers. Yeah. And yeah, I think I think the the key is with mental health is to if you do have an issue, talk about it, and also seek help. I think I mean you know there's a big sort of statement of like oh no I'm not going to go see someone you know oh this that and the other but like seeking help honestly you will not feel worse for doing it. Mm. The best advice, well maybe not the best advice, but good advice I got on this from a friend was uh, treat, especially for blokes. I think mm. importantly treat mental health like a physical injury like yeah. if you had a broken leg you wouldn't just be not telling anyone and limping around. To walk around you know you'd you'd go seek help and if it's a chronic problem then you've got to go and help and try and get professionals to if not fix it completely to have a manageable life you know mm. it's like it's like if you got diagnosed with type 1 diabetes which is just a hereditary genetic thing and then you were just like, oh, I'm not going to take insulin. I'll just eat what I want. And then, you know, I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm not going to talk. It's embarrassing to have diabetes. And then you just you just end up in a really serious critical condition. So It's true. It's really, really it's true. true. Uh, I, I, and I, I can't implore anyone listening who feels like they may be struggling to, you know, the, the NHS isn't perfect, but eventually you will get seen. And it's really important to do so, um, especially mm. during this lockdown time. I've had a few friends go through you know some pretty shitty periods and and as friends you can be supportive and you can you know you can help in the way that you can you can speak about it but but sometimes if it does push on to a point where you really are struggling you know seeking professional help is is the best way to go i agree with almost everything you said there tom apart from the bit where he said the nhs isn't perfect (laughs) aka tom hates nurses that's the so get him listeners get him him. 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 (laughs) yeah they are they are they are underfunded and uh, need more money yeah they need more money they would be perfect if we give them the money instead of a round of applause but they you know whatever but yeah tom tom i agree with tom on that so listeners this has been a very sort of serious episode of all i do is fail conspiracy theories combined with my anxiety um uh we will go back to (laughs) (laughs) we will go back to some more regular scheduled programming on thursday but uh well friday when you listen to it uh but uh until then i've been tom elwes follow me at tom elwes on all good platforms ali I've been Ali Woods, and I will recommend a comedy album. I'm sure you can buy the video out there, but I know it's available on Spotify if you've got that. Called The Great Depression. I finished it this afternoon by Gary Goldman, who's a very funny comedian and seemingly very lovely guy. 
talks all about his own depression in a very charming and entertaining way. So please do find that. It's an hour of your time and it will be well worth it, especially if you're interested in these sort of things. He talks about growing up in the 70s and 80s when he was a very sensitive boy, but he was six foot six and 200 pounds and everyone just made him play football. Um, and then obviously how it spiraled and affected him during stand-up. So I will recommend that. And I am Ali Woods Gigs always. And if you want to feel immediately good about yourself, you can donate to our Patreon, patreon.com slash Pod. Anything you can give would be much appreciated. Thank you very much. Only give if you can. Don't worry if you can't. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. I've been Tom Edwards. He's been Ali Woods. Thank you very much. Good night. Bye-bye. Take care.